down to stay. I got a hit, she been playing that shit. So when she pull up on me, I know what she about to say. What's poppin'? Don't mind me just watching. Welcome and good evening to QU Hot Takes. Oh my goodness gracious me. My name is Andrew White. I'm alongside Kevin Slattery, Justin Ellis, Andrew Marshall, or maybe Carolyn Marshall tonight with his Zoom computer, and Joe Bertolabi, the guest of the day. Gotta love Joe. Uh, here, one of the one of our roommates. Well, I guess one of my roommates, but um, very exciting. Joe's been on before. Big hockey guy, but he loves football as well, and he's good at it. So welcome, all of you gentlemen. I'll give it to Joe first. You want to say hello? What's up, guys? Great to be back. Uh, recurring guest at this point, so can't wait to get things going. Heck yeah. We are going to be cooking today. And first things first, we're just going to jump right into this. Justin, you mentioned something to me right before we started here, and I'd like you to explain what you said to me, and then I'm actually probably going to ask Joe's opinion on this, but you want to explain what you were saying? Yeah, so for those who haven't seen yet, about three hours ago, ESPN has finalized a deal with the NHL to have a major amount of games showing up on ESPN instead of NBC, starting with the 2021-2022 season. I believe it is a seven-year deal. The implications of this also include um, thousands of games per year being shown on ESPN+. Plus. NHL TV is now being merged into ESPN as well, so it will now be an ESPN enterprise. They also have the rights to one playoff game on specifically ESPN, especially for conference and the finals. The rest will be shown on ABC for the most part, and they have all the opening games and the all-star game as well. Thank you, Justin, for that. You know, from my perspective... That sounds unreal, but let's give it to the hockey guy. Maybe he can enlighten us. Joe, how do, you, do you like that or you don't like it? I personally love it. Honestly, I've always wanted more hockey coverage on ESPN, you know, for a while. It's been, it's been a while since, you know, hockey's really been on ESPN. And, uh, you know, you don't see a ton of coverage on SportsCenter or any of the, the major shows. So maybe this will give it a little more exposure, you know, ESPN predominantly a basketball football um, network at this point. So, you know, the, the, the main thing for me at NBC was when Doc Emmerich was the announcer, you know, that was kind of, you know, the main selling point for me when the NHL was dominating NBC. But um, I think it's great for a change. And, you know, we'll see how much the game's able to grow, you know, in, in America because of this, uh, because of this deal. It's a pretty exciting time. I will most certainly be watching a few more games myself, so hopefully that works out for the program. Love to hear it. All right, let's get into football. Today will be a lot about free agency, mostly a lot of, I guess you can say, non-franchise-tagged players and how we feel about the situations. But we will start with the biggest thing, which is Dak Prescott's deal that we heard about. We've talked about this man before several times, whether or not he deserves the big contract or what. We've had differing opinions in here. Just for those of you that don't know, it's a four-year deal, 160 mil, with 126 million guaranteed. I read something like he's getting most of that next year. Now, let me go to Marshall. I feel like you're the guy who knows what's worth big deals or not, or at least you hang pretty hard on that. And then I'll probably go to Justin next, because I know he has some words about Dak himself. So, Marshall, what do you think? So, I mean, it's technically an overpay, but... They really didn't have too many other options. They're picking at 10. You're probably not going to get a quarterback if you 
are going to get one of the top guys, or at least who we think are the top guys, you would have to spend some picks to move up from that spot. So I, I think it makes sense just getting him back there. 40 seems like a high number. Um, I know he's getting 75 of it in the first year. He's seeing $75 million of, of real money. So that's, that's a big, um, that's a lot of money up front. I don't know. Dax, he's fine. Um, I was watching him a little bit earlier today and I think he's more of a, a system quarterback, not in the way that, um, you know, it's like so much a negative, but he's going to do what the offense will allow you to do, which is why over time you've seen Dak play pretty well when their, when their offensive talent has been really high and struggle a little bit. If you go back to his second year when Amari, before Amari Cooper got there. And so I think the only concern about Dak is like, he's not a creator. He's not like a, um, like an Allen type or a Watson type where he's going to create a portion of the offense, regardless of the talent around him. He's more dependent on it, I think. And he's had a lot of good talent. Um, so I'm all right with it, but yeah, it, it was an overpay. All right. Eagles fan before the giants fan, Justin, how do you feel about it? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Eagles fan first. Cause you know, we made sure the giants didn't make the playoffs this past season anyway. <laughs> that was so, but, uh... oh, it's so dumb. Anyway, go on. <laughs> But uh, as far as Dak's contract goes, it's a very, um, I would say, unique contract. The Cowboys handle it very well in order to set up for their cap space to make sense with it. Um, people really didn't think you could pay Elliott Cooper and Prescott, and they somehow did it. Um, I agree with Marshall. It's probably an overpay. I'm not sure. With a four-year deal with you paying a injured quarterback the most in the first year, though it makes sense for the cap, looks tough on paper to really think it's going to work out for the team. Um, Dak obviously showed a lot of prowess out there with his passing yards. He was leading the league still the week after he got hurt. Um, But I'm not sold at this point. I I think that their record wasn't great this past season, but it makes me wonder how many more games Dak could have actually won for that team. And it's not like they can make many other roster moves, even with how they handled the cap situation. So the Cowboys are a bit lucky that there's now 17 games next season. They'll probably avoid going eight and eight because they can't. So they'll go nine and eight instead. <laughs> All right. Lovely prediction from the Eagles fan, the Giants fan, Mr. Kevin Slattery. Welcome to today's show. As always, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, thank you, White. Thank you. What are your thoughts? Well, like everybody else, I agree that it's an overpay because he's getting paid more than everybody in the league except Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position. And, you know, I I don't think he's obviously the second best quarterback in football. I I don't feel that way. But Dallas had to get this deal done because Jerry dragged his feet. He didn't want to give him the money early. And you saw what happened this year when they didn't have Dak. I mean, essentially the whole team fell apart, seemingly. And if they didn't sign Dak, they would have been set with a hard rebuild. And now the window's open and... The cap hit actually isn't that severe. I think it's only $25 million for the cap hit, which, you know, that's, that's pretty good standing for a franchise quarterback. But it keeps the window open a little bit. But, you know, as a Giants fan, Dak's a very good quarterback, probably somewhere between 8 or 12 best in the league. But do I fear Dak? Like I've said it before, no. And if they don't put a good enough team around him, I'm not really going to fear this Dallas team. And they haven't been able to do that in 20 years. 
the unfeared New York fan. Uh, Joe, you got something different to say, or maybe I can make the next question go straight to you. It's up to you. Um, yeah, I think, you know, everyone's making some really good points. I think in general, I think you see teams tend to overcompensate the quarterback position. You know, you look a couple of years back, the Vikings made Kirk Cousins the highest paid quarterback in the league. And I think um, you just kind of notice that trend because you really can't, you really can't win big without a quarterback. You know, you, you can certainly win games, but if you look at past Super Bowl champions, um, they tend to get very, very good play from the quarterback position. So you're going to see teams uh, overcompensate for that. But, you know, I think Dak's a really good player. I think uh, Dallas has really seemed to buy into him as the leader of that team as well. Um, you know, he had some very good games before he got injured this year. And I just think, you know, that team's main issue is defense. You know, they're, you know, as good as he plays, as good as Zeke plays, they looked very sloppy this past season. So, you know, they're, they definitely still have their work cut out for them, uh, you know, for this next season. And Joe mentioned, um, he mentioned a few interesting things, like how Super Bowl teams get good play from your quarterback position. The quarterback doesn't always have to be good. Now, Dak, I think, is good enough to where you're not going to be, like, worried about it. He's not going to carry you. But Joe touched on defense being one of their issues. Um, just watching them from earlier today, I thought their guard center guard on offense, are it's a massive step down from what it used to be, just just the eyeball test. Um, we talked about Travis Frederick recently, but this line doesn't play like it used to. It used to just wash guys down. They could pull off so many different movements because they were all like well-rounded great linemen, not just like total road graders. And I, I noticed a notable step down, just, just – um, just like on the surface level. And I, I think that they need to get a couple of those positions solidified. The Dallas Cowboys, if you're listening to Joe and Andrew Marshall, that's what you need. That's what you need for your team. Maybe they'll listen, but they probably won't, as they normally do not. Okay, moving on to Chris Carson and Aaron Jones. So uh, throughout the rest of the show, as I mentioned, we're going to get through the some, some of the non-franchise tagged players. But these two are running backs that are within the same division. We figured we kind of combine them here a little bit. So, Chris Carson and Aaron Jones. How do we feel about them not being franchise tag? We'll go to, you know what, I, I want to ask Justin first, because Justin, I know you have been all over Aaron Jones. So, say whether or not you like it, and if you think these players will go elsewhere. So, I personally agree with the Packers' choice not to franchise tag Aaron Jones, in part because I would hope as both Aaron Rodgers and also the Packers organization, that they will add a wide receiver of some kind. They also did invest that um, maybe bad choice draft capital in A.J. Dillon this past season, and they've still been using Jamal Williams. Um, I will say, as far as Aaron Jones goes, um, I think he'll make the poor decision of coming back to Green Bay. Um, if I was Aaron Jones, I would run as far away as I could. They miss, they've mistreated that man every year of his career. Um, he puts up expansive numbers, and it's just very dissatisfying and disheartening to see Jamal Williams take away so much time from him. And with Chris Carson, um, it's really hard to know what the Seahawks' intentions are at this point. The, putting a franchise tag on him wouldn't have made any sense at this point just because there's a lot of moving things happening in Seattle, so you don't want to lock yourself into a running back with that kind of expansive deal, especially considering Carson's injury history. Um, honestly, I definitely see him switching teams. I would say 
Uh, I'll even say a team like Marshall's Bills might be an interesting choice for Chris Carson. They really struggled with the rushing game this past season with Singletary and Moss. And though both of them can grow a lot, I really feel like adding Carson would um, open up Josh Allen even more to probably an MVP caliber season. Marshall and your Bills Mafia, as Justin says, how do, you, do you like that or you hate that? I would if we had more cap space. The problem is we're just going to have to cut. I mean, we already cut John Brown, as we're going to get into later. But I think the only issue is money. Like, he's established. Like, Carson runs so hard. He's just a total bruiser. Has some fumbles, but I, I think that he can get you a lot of hard yards, and he's not really fully appreciated in Seattle. With Aaron Jones, I view him as like a Raheem Moster type where you want to keep him in that like outside zone scheme where um, – because he's really fluid. He's a really good receiver. He's good at running um, like those one-cup type runs. The only thing with him is I think that we saw it a little bit with the playoff game, and I actually like A.J. Dillon a little bit more moving forward than Aaron Jones um, just as like a projection because I think that Jones, he's just a smaller player. He's like a 205 um, 210 type back who's like more of the fluid type so I think you can build a better offense around Jones but I like Carson but I think that Zach Moss could probably fill about like 90% of what Carson could do Good with Zach. and I'll add and just say like I just feel like the reason why the Bills are going to be the team that ends up with him is like I believe Moss has a lot of potential and could get there um, I think they've both but just Singletary and Moss just have struggled really Badly, in my opinion. And when you look at the teams that would have the cap for a running back like Chris Carson, like the Jags and the Colts, um, teams like that, they already have established running backs in their organizations. So I feel like Chris Carson's price tag is going to be way lower than people expect. So I feel like teams like the Bills and even Andrew Steelers, I'll even throw in, that have not a substantial amount of cap space could very potentially land a Chris Carson type with just how the running back market lays out. It's a fair, fair market point, fair market point. Joe, I know you, you nodded your head a little bit about his Aaron Jones comment. So what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I know Andrew, you talk about this, uh, Andrew White, you, you talk about this a lot, you know, being a big Aaron Jones fan feeling he kind of gets, uh, I don't want to say, you know, underappreciated, but he definitely, I think is, talented enough to be a lead back and um you know he is the lead back there but I think they use you know Dylan and they use Jamal Williams quite a bit where you know it's kind of up to him what his preference would be you know Green Bay is pretty consistently consistently a, a you know a double digit win team so he stays there um he knows he's going to be in a good winning si- winning situation but you know he could also look elsewhere to you know get more carries and kind of be that that workhorse type back, uh, type back that I think, you know, a lot of people feel he he deserves to be. Okay, if Chris Carson was on your fantasy team, if I recall correctly, so uh, let me let me ask you, uh, as a Chris Carson guy that you had to draft, where do you see him going, or should he be? That's for you, Kev, about Chris Carson. Oh, oh, me! Oh, I thought you were talking about someone else. I no, you I, talking did Justin. you wait? Did you I have did. Chris Carson, or am I, or am I just dumb? On your no, oh, I did. I thought it was in a different league. I thought you were asking about a different league. Oh, I no, had no. A different league. That's all you. Then, you know my fantasy football roster better than I do, Whitey. <laughs> I just but, remember you used to tell me all the time that when he got injured, you were pretty pissed, and then I felt sorry for you. So here it is. This is your time to shine. <laughs> I mean, I, I think this whole situation though with Chris Carson and Aaron Jones, I think it just talks about 
the league-wide trend towards devaluing individual running back talents. A lot of teams feel that if they get the right set of guys at that O-line, they could put anybody behind that line and they'll be able to get in those holes and break open for yardage. Basically anybody. I mean, so you're not getting guys locked up to long-term deals like they used to. Um, it's going almost the opposite way, like it is for the quarterback market, where it seems like every quarterback's game paid just because they play the quarterback position. It's complete opposite for running backs. I mean, if I was Aaron Jones, I would honestly leave Green, Green Bay just because you have a short shelf life as a running back where we've seen guys who can get toast or burnt by the time they're like 29 or 30. It's a really short shelf life. You age, you age like milk. You, you don't age like wine as a running back. So <laughs> I like that. If you, if you can get paid, I mean, I wouldn't turn down the money. So if I were those guys, I try to get paid. Um, it's going to be tough though, because there's so many good running backs and there's so many teams that are just building the old line out that they're going to look at your demands and be like, eh, I don't think so-and-so is worth it. You know, maybe if they joined uh, Joe's Peloton workouts, then they wouldn't age like milk. Maybe they could age a little bit differently, you know, like <laughs> like wine or cheddar cheese, you know. Anyway, I, mean, I digress. So my <laughs> Joe was doing that right before this. I figured I'd, 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 I'd mention that. Um, mm. All right, Marshall. So I, I feel like this has to be directed at you, this next question. Obviously, you mentioned this right before. Now, I don't know if you care that much. I When I read it, I instantly thought of you and figured you would care. But tell the world what you think. John Brown being released from this team, is that bothering you, or do you like the move? I'm okay with the move. Um, the only So, like, the thing with John Brown is um, I think the, the play that people remember most from him was that um, that double move he had against Gilmore with the single safety where, uh, against New England. Um, where he caught like a 50-yard touchdown. He's really fast, and his movement skills are really good. The only problem with him is he can get bullied a little bit during his route because he's not a huge guy, um, and the injuries are the other part of it. So I think given the year, I mean, the cap's going down anyways, I'm fine cutting him, seeing what we saw from Gabe Davis, and just seeing like what you see every year with receivers. We talk about like right. Like the thing with running backs is so many of them are so good because in high school, people usually just put their best player at running back. Um, a lot of offenses are just run offenses. And so people like seem to always think like, oh, running backs don't matter. Depends what level you're talking about. In high school, they might be the best player on your team. Um, but there's so, because like so many players and good athletes get experience at running backs, they're all kind of good. Like they're all clustered together. Receivers are starting to become that way. And so I'm fine with John Brown um, being released by us because I like just looking at the draft too. I, like I could find you players in like the third, fourth, fifth round who can fill roles. They're not superstars, but they can fill roles because it's just, it's just different now. Like receivers that they don't matter. I don't think as much as everyone thinks um, a lot of what they can do is like replaceable. And part of that is like the talent coming in. All right, all right. I will add. You know, let's see if uh, Joe would you would you agree with that wide receiver comment or you know I don't I don't want to take too much away from from Marshall and his John Brown situation, but you brought up a new point of you know do wide receivers matter that much? But we'll go to Joe and see what your thoughts are on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they definitely matter. Um, but I think what Marsh is saying is they're kind of you know there's a plethora of 
talented receivers where like the difference between one guy and another guy isn't as as wide I guess the gap isn't as wide um you know besides like the top guys like the Hopkins and the um Julio's those kinds of guys you know can really change your franchise but um I think when it comes to receivers you're, you're just looking for like a a pretty deep group I think you still have a Tampa this year they had you know Evans Godwin Miller Brown like it's like you had multiple guys who could really um who could really play so I think that's what you're really looking for as a team and you know if you feel that Brown's a replaceable guy you know I'm sure this draft might not be as deep as last year's draft with the receivers but I'm sure you can find guys to kind of fill that role and uh get them up to speed so Definitely. I see, I see Slattery. You, you cutely raised your hand on Zoom. So tell us what you're thinking. Well, I mean, I actually think Juju might be a good fit for the Bills because I've always felt that Juju is kind of a very solid number two guy. And I know maybe some people feel like with John Brown that he was primarily a deep ball guy or some people maybe feel that Cole Beasley's just kind of a short route slant guy. I feel like Juju can do a lot. He can catch the ball off screens, short, intermediate. I like the the fit in Buffalo personally. I mean, maybe you guys feel different, but maybe it all depends on if people are okay with him being on the Bills since he, you know, he TikTok danced on their logo. But I mean, that that all depends. I, I think he'd be a good fit there. Hey, as a as a as a Steelers fan, and I and I've made fun of Juju for his his dancing uh, many a time. I think it's the dumbest thing ever, especially when you're losing. Um, but Marshall, would you like to respond to Kev? Would you like a guy like that on your squad? No, but I see I see where you're coming from because like he can do stuff on the outside to where I'm not like oh I need to hide this guy like he's only a slot player. I mean Juju's big, he blocks. Um, he's usually pretty good over the middle. The only thing with Allen is. I think if I have, like, an Allen, I almost want to take the Chiefs approach where you just get, like, speed and, like, almost try to find, like, another Brown type because I think, like, Juju's going to be better in, like, third down situations than, like, the guy that you're going to find. Um, but I think, like, with Allen, it's, like, you you almost want to, like, try to, like, um, kind of, like, lengthen his leash, like, a little bit, like, so to speak, because – I think the more that like he grows within the offense, you might want more speed. Um, but it's really interesting if you look at like what they're going to do at that Z receiver spot and then what they're going to do um, at tight end as well. Because Dawson Knox hasn't fully developed, but his potential is very high. Hey, maybe they should they should launch some more to to McKenzie. Little, little fast guy, huh? Yeah, Georgia boy. <laughs> That's what I was actually – that was literally what I was about to say was that Isaiah McKenzie is technically a free agent this year, but, like, that's someone that the Bills should definitely be bringing back and putting – I know he plays a bit more slot, but putting him on the outside as a kind of deep threat receiver, uh, he could burn a lot of cornerbacks in the NFL. And Cole Beasley – as long as he keeps staying on the team, he's done a real good job in the slot this season. He had some pretty great numbers that he just was very close to hitting in Dallas and just never did. So I, I feel like John Brown, though, he has shown, had some good years at the Bills prior to Stefan Diggs. Um, it's definitely the right move. They have plenty of wide receiver depth. Assuming they bring back McKenzie, Keith Beasley, Gabriel Davis, I think, has a lot of potential. Not as like a big burst type guy, but like, He's definitely still shown some very solid receiving stats. So I think the Bills are in a pretty comfortable spot. 
There you go, Marshall. Some validation from the rest of the crew, although I know you know your football, but I feel like it's good to have some unbiased validation. How about that? No, no, I, I always appreciate it. And uh, we didn't even talk about Mr. Stefan Diggs, but we talk about receivers that matter. I mean, that guy... Better than advertised. Let me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here, and this is where I admit we occasionally do this on this show. I was completely wrong about him a couple years back. I, it was probably my sophomore year that I mentioned that he was, in my opinion, quite overrated. Maybe at the time he was. But he's shown me, as well as many others, that he was fantastic this year. And yes, there's nothing I could say about it. So, there you go. I, what's the word? I secede. To, to digs. There you go. Congratulations. Well done if you're listening. Okay, let's move on. Kenny Galladay, another guy, free agency. Where is he going? Do we think he's tagging along to the Rams or not following Matt Stafford and going elsewhere? We'll go to Justin first on this one because I feel like you low key love Galladay a lot. You would be mistaken. That's awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, continue anyway. Continue. <laughs> Honestly, it, I, I think he's very much of an injury concern. I think they've overhyped him on the Lions because they were just like, wow, he's big and tall. Maybe he'll be Calvin Johnson. He's never been anywhere close to that, in my opinion. He's never really shown what I would consider um, top-of-the-line wide receiver talent. I think he has the athleticism to get there, but I think with this long-term injury he had this past season, his door may be shutting a bit faster than people expect. Nonetheless, because he's had some positive years and is coming off an injury, someone is bound to still pay him highly. And I think a team like the Jaguars may be a really solid pick just because they're currently going to be bringing a new quarterback. They already have some solid wide receivers in players like DJ Tark and Chenault, but they really need a bigger wide receiver on that team. They have a lot of small guys right now, and they have one of the highest cap spaces. They can afford to pay big money to a risky wide receiver that could really pay off big for uh, whoever they end up drafting at quarterback. And it can make it a very dynamic offense really quickly if you have a big guy who can do well in the red zone on top of the quickly developing James Robinson and whatever rookie you put back there. Yeah, whoever they draft at quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and also, you know, maybe that's where the jujus of the world go, but... Who knows? Maybe he thinks he's deserving of millions upon millions of dollars. But, Marshall, your take on Galladay, where he's going, if he stinks or if he's good. I want to hear what Justin has to say. Justin, are you also a huge Marvin Jones guy? I actually am pretty high on Marvin Jones. I do agree with that sentiment. (laughs) So you thought, did you think he was better than Galladay, like, just as, like, an overall asset? Like, right now or when Galladay first entered the league? Um, right now. Oh, no, I would say right now that Galladay's a higher um, prospect than Marvin Jones. I, I think Jones has plateaued. I think he's shown all he has. Galladay could either completely plummet or be a high riser. Um, I don't think he'll be just the Marvin Jones plateau, though. He'll go one way or the other. I just think it's a risk. Okay, yeah, I th- I, that's kind of like what I was thinking, too. Um, Galladay's like a catch point receiver, so, I mean, he's 6'4". Um, like 218 a lot of the harder catches he's really good at but I don't think he's like a crazy separator he's a really uh, I would say he's a very good he's like a good to very good receiver he's not like I don't know if I want to pay those players 18 million but also like he's good 
So really, whoever wants like an outside like red zone, as Justin mentioned, like red zone weapon, um, and he can play X receiver too. So he's going to be all right against press. Um, I don't think you have to move him around a ton. So for whatever that's worth, if you add a Galladay, you can add some smaller, faster players around him. This is good that you guys are adding some stuff into the chat so I can read it too while we're on the side. This is great. So Joe mentioned a little bit of something, something to Justin Ellie that maybe Galladay to the Eagles. I don't know if that was a joke or not. It's the eye emojis. Joe, what's your thoughts? No, not. I think it's a, a serious um, destination for him. If you just look at, you know, you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm pretty high on him personally because I just think, you know, he showed some flashes of, of greatness in his rookie year. And then you see a lot of quarterbacks take that step from year one to year two. So th- they're going to need to help him if, if they're, um, if he's going to be their guy, they're, you know, they have a dearth of weapons um, on offense. So I just think, you know, teams like the Eagles, the, even the Patriots, just those kinds of teams that are in need of a, of a real receiver, I think um, could be a good fit for, for a guy like Galladay. Justin, would you like Galladay? I just want to ask really briefly before I ask Kev his thoughts. I know uh, you don't like definitely, him that definitely a cringe for me. Honestly, cap space wise too, it's an issue. I don't know what direction the offense is going in with Sirianni yet. That's going to be like a free agency wait and see. But if they try to follow the pass philosophy, I think they're going to try to stay small with fast receivers, kind of like how the Chiefs do. So I'm interested to see if Sirianni takes the offense in a different direction. All right, sounds good. K Slat, how do you feel about Galladay? Where is he going? Or is he just going home and playing golf? Just kidding. Well, I read an article actually from Liam McConey, I think from the big lead. And I like two of the suggestions. One was the Indianapolis Colts, which I think have an emerging wide receiving core with Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hillen is a free agent, so there might need to be a replacement. Um, but I also, the Baltimore Ravens potentially. Because we've been talking about the last couple years about Lamar Jackson's performances in the playoffs, which, again, I'm, I'm not denying that some of that might be on him, but also, too, the broader question of how good is the receiving core? Can they separate and get open to catch the ball? You know, they they had Des Bryant. They had Willie Sneed. Does Galladay – would they sign a Galladay to come in and maybe solidify that receiving core? It is a gamble because, you know, he is injury-prone or he's shown to be injury prone. So I would be interested in those two scenarios, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Willie Sneed's got to get out of the league. I mean, with a name like that and an underperforming person like that, I just I just don't understand. But no, nothing against his name. I'm just playing around. But yeah, who knows? He does suck. What'd you say? He does suck. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Willie Sneed's, yeah, he's really bad. Thank you. Thank you for, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was in the that's dust great. there saying that out loud. I didn't want to get embarrassed. All right. <laughs> Wait, Joe, did you say you agreed too? About Willie Sneed? Yeah. I just, I've, I've seen that guy like complain about like knocking the ball. And it's like, you're not good enough for that, man. You know? It's just, oh, man. That'd so, be, yeah, I agree with Marshall. <laughs> that'd be like me going into, into uh, like an intramural hockey game, keep in mind I've skated three times in my life, and telling Joe Bertolami to pass me the puck. Like, are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, come on, come on, guys, guys, guys. We gotta stop with the uh, Willie Sneed hatred here. Um, if he was, if he was still on the Saints, he'd be doing a lot better. I promise no. you. It's just, 
No, he was good on the Saints. He had a pretty good job. You look at people like Willie Sneed. He disappeared and left the Saints. Traquan Smith has the same kind of agenda as Willie Sneed. Neither are really big names, but they have both had their moments in New Orleans. So I will back Willie Sneed here and say, hey, Willie, give me a follow. Thanks. Justin, I'll, I'll give you this. You are always quick to help out the people we push into quicksand. And I think that's lovely. It's it's well, really it's nice. He'll suck as long as he's on Baltimore, so I agree there. Oh, so. all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. I don't know why we're now talking about Willie Sneed. He's just not a relevant topic. Um okay. <laughs> um Wow, what okay. Somebody help me out here with this uh oh just kidding. I wrote the wrong word. Never mind. We're all good. Um the Bucks and Godwin and David. Was I supposed to say re-sign? I wrote retail. What is what does that mean? Anybody? You definitely mean re like franchise tag and sign. Okay, so. thank you. I <laughs> I was I was typing too fast. I apologize. Thank you. So yes, those people are with the Bucks. And I think it's a good question to ask all of you here on the panel. Obviously, crazy receiver core, as we mentioned a little bit uh, before. Tom Brady has shown all of us some things we probably didn't expect, at least on this panel, as Marshall has admitted lovely uh, before. So that's very kind. But either way, let's talk about these wide receivers. We like them. We like the moves. And I'm going to ask Joe at the very end. He, he's got a little something extra to add. So uh, we will go to Marshall first. So for Godwin and Evans, I mean, it's obvious bringing them both back. Godwin's a really interesting receiver because – He's one of the best blocking receivers in the league that I've seen. Um, and he can really fill a lot of different roles. You can play him at all three receiver spots. You have a lot of flexibility with him. It doesn't really matter if you're running the ball more. So he's going to help you out in pretty much every game, like no, no matter um, where that goes. I'm, I actually, I think this is the right move too, because Shaq Barrett, he's not a super like traitsy edge rusher. Um, He's like a smaller guy, doesn't have crazy long arms, but he's been super productive recently. I wouldn't keep betting on that. I, I think that's a position where I want athletes, and if you're not that, um, there's only going to be certain guys I like really want to pay. Like you, like for Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, the like the freakiest edge rusher in the NFL. Miles Garrett's going to be good when he's 35 because he's going to be coming from like such a high cliff, or um, for like just his overall athleticism. But Barrett doesn't have that. I think it's the right move because that Evans and Godwin, like you can't you can't find another Godwin in the draft at thirty two. All right, all right. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Kev. Then Justin, and then I'll kind of reform the question for Joe. Kev. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that they resign resign their guys or at least franchise tag Godwin. I mean, hopefully they work out a long term deal there. I think it's still a pretty deep team, honestly. I could see them being the floor getting back to the NFC Championship game. And overall, I mean, you're right with Barrett. I mean, there have been times where he's shown glimpses of it where he's put up big stats. But the presence of being, you're right, the prototypical edge rusher, the guy who is able to just get there, get to the quarterback, has freaky athletic ability, you wonder how much that's going to hold up and if it's worth a long-term deal. That's the that's the trouble with NFL free agency. You have to make decisions on a lot of good players because of the salary cap and determine whether they're worth a long term deal or not because that can impact your ability to go out and get other guys because of the hard cap league. So 
I, he might end up having to go somewhere else because they're going to be putting a lot of money elsewhere to try to shore up other spots. And they might be looking for his replacement in the draft. You can't rule that out. Justin, do you think he may not be as safe as Kev is mentioning? You know, it's just a very odd situation, I think, just how the Buccaneers' money ended up being. I understand Levante David is like a cornerstone of that defense. He's been there for a very long time. He's a great captain. But as far as linebackers go, I feel like we're seeing more and more middle linebacker type player, inside linebacker coming out of the draft that are very strong. Would I have liked to see Tampa kind of go that direction in the draft and then keep Shaq Barrett? Maybe. I mean, the past two seasons, he's had 27 and a half sacks. He's done crazy good numbers. He had 19 and a half two years ago. And I really just feel like when I look at how Barrett played and how the Super Bowl went down with how that rush attack was really one of the key elements that kept Patrick Mahomes from winning that game, it's hard for me to imagine um, Shaq Barrett kind of taking a back seat and not being considered one of the main reasons why that defense was successful. As much as I appreciate David, he's an aging player. I just don't think he's as good as Barrett at this point in their careers. Um, so I think there's a bit of a sentimental kind of franchise value that came with David. Um, but I really wish they re-signed Barrett here. They might still end up with him. Who knows? Maybe Mike Evans takes that pay cut he said he would to keep the team together. Um, and maybe they maybe they end up with him. That that would probably be best case scenario for them. What a guy, Mike Evans. Really good friends with Nick Merckx, if anybody's a gamer. But, Joe, uh, I want you to say what you mentioned to me about that possibly leaked article. It may have been BS. Who knows? Mention it to the crew and see what they think as well after your take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boys, I'm, I'm sure you've all heard this going around in the in the news cycle um, report from Adam Schefter that that OBJ to the Bucks could be a uh, a possibility. I know it's crazy to think about with the amount of talent they already have, but um, that's like a guy that Brady has a relationship with, and you know he's obviously in Cleveland. You know who knows what his relationship is there after being injured like most of the season. So that's uh, that would be wild for sure. Yeah, before I, I I swing that to someone, you you would you like it, Joe? As a we'll call it as a as a Brady fan in this specific situation, since they'd be the ones connecting. Do you like? Would you like that, or you think that's too much? I mean, I think that would be super interesting. I think I don't know like how it would be able to happen, just with the amount of guys they're gonna have to pay. Um, you also got Gronk too, and AB were on one year deals. So, but if it could actually happen. Um, I'd be very entertained to see that. I think you can never have enough good players, you know, and if it doesn't work out, it's like they already have a, you know, a ton of other good weapons. So I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of low risk for, for Tampa with just with the amount of talent that they already have. So I, I personally am, am here for it. I'm here for it. Can you imagine an OBJ wide receiver four? Pretty weird, huh? Anyway, Marshall, what you, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, this is a team that can make the move. The only thing is money. That's the only thing that you're questioning because Tampa as a roster is really in a good spot. They pretty much can make picks for the future. Like they're only really going to have to draft another edge rusher. They're fine on corner. They're fine on linebacker. Um, they actually have three linebackers who are good. This uh, Kevin Minter kid is uh, is a pretty good player too. And he doesn't even play. 
Um, defensive tackles, good. Jason Pierre-Paul is still good, um, even though he has six fingers. So they they really – like this is a team that can afford to pick a running back if they want a 32 or a, or a pass rusher or trade for, for a star like Beckham. And, you know, Brady's still got the arm. Brady's arm is not going to be a question – it's not going to be a question next year. It's not going to be a question the year after based on how he throws and like what he's still got left. It's not going to be a breeze or Manning situation. Um, so like you can get these types of players and Brady can still make use of them. Um, it's just very interesting from Cleveland's perspective of do they want to be a contending team and how much dead money do they want to have this year? And so I think for from Cleveland's side, that's where it's really interesting because it's clearly, it, it hasn't worked out there with Baker. Joe, are you going to respond? It looked like you were about to. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Marsh, like, I think I've always thought Cleveland was better without without Odell. And that's not like a knock on Odell. That's just kind of the way – it's more so a knock on Baker, whereas when Odell's out there, it feels like he just needs to force it to him, where yeah. I think when you saw Odell go down this year, he started just kind of – you know, Baker just – really simplifying his game and just kind of hitting the open guy, you know, guys like Landry and Higgins. So I think this move would not, I think it would honestly benefit the Browns, especially if they could, especially if they could get something, you know, out of it, maybe a first round pick or, you know, uh, get a good, good player in, in return. So. Justin, you relinquish your mute. Were you about to say something? Yes, I was going to say, um, I agree with Joe that the Browns are, in fact, better without Odell. I, I really agree with every sentiment Joe just said. Baker just doesn't have it when Odell's on the field. But that's also the reason why I'm hesitant to see him go to the Bucks. Um, I know Tom Brady was the one that made it sound like that it might be a kind of interest for him to have. But I feel like adding Odell to like that team, like Tom Brady's not going to have the mental stupidity that Baker has when Odell's on the field but I just feel like when you look at the Bucks and how they made it to the Super Bowl and they were so dominant I, if it's not broke don't fix it at this point if they can retain everything and keep the crew together I think that is the best case scenario for the Bucks to make the push like many people would think another weapon is never too many but if you're able to bring in guys on super small contracts like Antonio Brown again like you got to do it because like these are players that have shown they can play, but no one else wants to sign just because of their history. It's literally a win for them to be able to take these players like Antonio who are low contract players to bring in high specialty borderline stars in my opinion. So I'm very sold that the bucks will play a don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I also agree with Joe that Browns should definitely get rid of Odell one way or another. You know, I feel like the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks have now become like a rehab center for, for players around the league. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's too far. Anyway, I, 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 Kevin, you can give That's your Tampa say. Bay as a city. Okay. <laughs> that was clever. That was clever. All right, Kev, you could give your little take, and then we'll move on. You guys just touched on it. Tom Brady, he is a culture. He moves places. He brings in people. I mean, the Patriots were doing that for years, and yes, it was Belichick, but then also it works in Tampa. It worked in that one year. No one thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, some people did, but most people didn't. At the same time, I I think you're going to be strengthening a strength if you trade for Odell, and I understand that. But Justin's right. They don't need Odell. It Now, could it work with Odell, especially if he's on the field? Absolutely, because of Brady's experience, because 
of the wherewithal and you're not going to have Odell or someone else come in demanding for the ball because Tom Brady is going to easily say, Hey, get in line. So there's no fear of egos clashing because you know, it's a goat at the same time. They could spend that second round pick on a position that they feel like is getting weaker. And that's what I think you'd get for Odell is probably a second rounder. Now the Browns, they might be trying to fleece people. If they can get a pile of first round picks from a team that feels like, oh, we have to we have to grab a star, we have to grab Odell, they could potentially make out. And I'm hoping they fleece people. Odell's a very good player, but I'm hoping they get a bunch of first round picks for Odell because I want that Cleveland Browns Super Bowl to happen. They're like they're they're like the Cubs of the NFL. They're they're the team that's never won it that everyone wants to see win it. So I'm rooting for Cleveland. And also, too, it would get my prediction right, so I'd look good. But at the I'd same th- time, I want Cleveland to win. I feel like people cared a little bit more about the Cubs than Cleveland. Sorry, Marsh, I'll just cut you off. Go yeah, for can it. I add one thing? I, I was just thinking of this detail. Um, Tampa Bay was really good at running this concept called duo, which is where it's like it's like inside zone, but it's or it's like power without the polar. So you're getting a lot of double teams, and they run that set with uh, a couple tight ends. Tampa was actually way better this year. Um playing like heavy personnel, like when they got tight ends on the field, they were running the ball, they were running the ball really well during the playoffs. I think this team actually might get worse with Odell, which is really weird because obviously like Brady theoretically can use his skill set, but I think they want to do exactly that because this offensive line and this tight end group is still really deep and they just played better out of that like set this year. Um, So that's just something I was thinking about because it's like in theory, like it should make them better and Brady could take advantage of it, but it's not what they were good at this year. That's the misconception. People thought they were good out of three wide receivers and they weren't. It's also, it's, it's good to add that, that running situation in the playoffs. I mean, freaking Leonard Fournette all of a sudden turned into LSU Leonard Fournette in the, in the playoffs. So pretty, pretty wild to watch actually. It was playoff Lenny. Yeah. Playoff yeah, Lenny. That, who hasn't yeah, been that way in, in probably two or three years. So pretty, pretty crazy to see. All right. We have a lot of topics left. So I'll be honest with you folks. We may skip a few, but we're also going to rush, rush through a few in order to get as much content as possible because the longer conversations are fun anyway. So I'm not upset by it. Okay. Let me rephrase this question. So Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Butler has been released from the Titans. This is the man who made Russell Wilson kind of a meme for the rest of his career for some reason. Basically, any time I see a video with Russell Wilson, the comments will say they should have ran the ball. I don't know if that's just me, but I see that literally every time there is a play with him in it. Um, So let me just ask, is he still a good corner? You don't really need to explain yourself. I just kind of want to get a poll from the group here. So we'll go with Kev first. Is he still a good corner? Yes, depending on the team. Depending on the team. All right, Justin. No, he should go play safety for the Texans and call it a career. <laughs> All right, uh, Marshall. Uh, no, he's not actually good. All right, Joe, is he good? I think he's good. I'm a little biased, <laughs> but he had 100 tackles this past season. You know, he's a pretty feisty player, just not the most athletic. I think he gets outmanned by the more athletic receivers for sure. Right, I like that. Good, good, good mix on the panel. Good mix on the panel. All right. Uh, Kyle Long unretires. Is he a starter? Justin, you asked me this question first, so why don't you give the answer first? Kyle 
this is a request. Please come to Philly. You can you can play any offensive line position you want. You can even play defensive line. Your brother played here and won a Super Bowl. You can too. Thanks. All right. If you're listening, that's it. Uh, everybody else, Marshall is a starter. No, because of injuries. Um, the last time we saw him on the field, he was not actually good. He was actually really bad. Um, but that's an injury thing. That's not. He used to be good. Um, and I've also heard Howie Long go on podcasts and say that um, that Kyle's like lost a lot of weight now. He's actually a really freaky athlete, pretty good genetics. But I think that's going to be really hard for him like with those injuries and then gaining back the weight. So I'm going to say no. He's pretty close to my genetics, actually. You know, when you look at me and you look at him, it's pretty, pretty similar. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Very uh, accurate. Uh, Kev, starter or not starter? I think he's, he is a starter, but probably on a lower-end football team. Okay. Birdie. Yeah, I don't know too much. I'm just going to say what – I'm just going to say I agree with Marsh because he knows, you know, like the lineman. He's like former lineman, so I'm just going to take his word for it. And so – so, no, it's not. <laughs> Honestly, not. that's not a bad take. When you're talking about the line, if you don't know what's going on in any given conversation, I can give you Andrew Marshall's phone number, and you'll, <laughs> you'll probably be better off. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go, Marsh. Love you, bro. Good okay, day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so the Pats trading for Trent Brown and not keeping Joe. Not the Joe in this group, but the other Joe. Uh, how do we feel about that one? Yay or nay? I don't, I don't know if you want to explain. I don't know how quick this answer could be, but we're going the same rotation. Justin. And I'm impressed that uh, they got Trent Brown. That's pretty good value. I mean, he's a former Pat. He's going to do pretty well in that role. Um, Booney has a lot of career left in him. He's going to be a very good offensive lineman for many more years. The Pats just couldn't keep working with him. I expect him to end up on a team like the Chargers or Joe. You could also come play with Kyle for the Eagles. That'd be great. Thanks. I thought you were talking to Joey Bag of Bagels over here. But anyway, Marshall, you're next. Oh, I I actually loved what I saw from Trent Brown a couple of years ago. And in certain matchups, he is, because he's just so big, when he's, like, dialed in, he can be really, really good. Uh, pretty special, actually. He was great in the past run in, in 2018 against the – Rams, I, I thought his tape was unbelievable um, just in the run game, pass game. I think that if part of Trent Brown is that he's – the perception of him is that, like, off the field he's lazy and he can, he can let his weight go. And, wait, I think last year you were asking, like, is this – like, a like with Beck, Mekhi Beckman coming out, like, can you get too big? And the answer is, like, if you let yourself. Some guys are just, like, their bodies will just keep getting – bigger and it's just harder to keep the weight off i think he's one of those guys but if you get it right with these guys with him i mean he's a he's a really really good tackle i'm uh, i'm surprised you remember that because i i did i did I, that's wow wow that makes me feel so loved um <laughs> joe so i know you said you're you you know maybe not know as much about the line but i figured you know this guy big pats guy so what's your take i'm pumped i'm pumped brown's coming back it just you know you felt like uh you know, you hear Matt Stafford say, like, he'd go anywhere over New England. You hear, you know, guys not wanting to go there. So it's just it's just good for the confidence as a Pats fan that, you know, Trent Brown, elite offensive lineman, wants to, you know, come back, you know. And he said uh, he said it's not about the money. You know, it's about, you know, being happy. I think I heard him say that. And so, you know, he was really enjoyed his time in New England, obviously. So it's it'll be great to have him back for sure. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he gets the job done. Uh, Kevin. 
I'm going to go nay because, well, I think he's a very good player. Well, I think he helps the O-line. It's not an area of need for the team. So I feel like they need to start working on their weaknesses before they can become the dominant team they were. All right. I thought this was interesting. Hunter Henry, uh, not uh, on the Chargers as well. Uh, That tag was a no no go for him. Is that a bad move by the Chargers? Is Herbert going to be left to dust? And is Hunter Henry now one of the top priorities on certain teams? Uh, We will, hmm, hmm. Let's switch it up a little bit. Actually, let's not do that. Justin, go for it. Yeah, so I I think Hunter Henry's a big loss for the Chargers. Um, Obviously, he's had a lot of injury history, so it's hard to know. You took mine from Clarence. That's a great commercial, Marshall. <laughs> I was on ESPN in the commercial plan. I realized that. Um, but yeah, it's um, hard to say like how significant he's going to be for the team. I think the Chargers will find a reputable solution. Um, I think Henry, with his young career, he's going to make a pretty big payday because Austin Hooper was not the outstanding star for the Falcons, and he got paid big time by the Browns. Um, so I would expect Hunter Henry to make a pr- bigger deal for a team with a young QB that's looking for some long-term um, checkdowns like the Bengals or the Jags. I could definitely see Hunter Henry hitting one of those locations. And honestly, I can see the Chargers in a big move, like kind of trading for Zach Ertz is something that I could definitely see. Finding some other tight end to fill that role, I think, is definitely going to be something the Chargers need to do and will do, but I don't think it'll be Hunter Henry. I kind of like that Hunter Henry to the Bengals thing with Joey B. I like that. Anyway, uh, Marshall. Yeah, I'm with you, Wade, on that. You add Hunter Henry and you draft a lineman at five. I think you might be in pretty good business. Um, yeah, I think Hunter, like Hunter, I'm for paying this level of tight end because it, they're just so hard to find in the draft. They, they just don't make these guys. Like a lot of times tight ends, because the skill sets are so like conflicting. It's like you need like some lineman qualities and you need some receiver qualities and you need to be big enough. So there's not a big... Um, a sample size of them. A lot of like high school colleges don't have good tight ends or just don't use them uh, in the way that the NFL does. I think Henry, even with the injury concerns is like at a certain level of play where I would, I would probably pay him over $10 million. Um, So yeah, I think the Bengals would actually be really interesting. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That came from Justin's lips and I heard that. I was like, wow, that's a great idea. Okay. uh, Kev. And then we'll, we'll, we'll end that with Joe. A big of a pickup. Um, it's a medium pickup. I mean, f- for me, the elite, the elite tight ends are Kittle and Kelsey. And to me, there's a lot of guys who are good either for, and are just good either because it's of injury concerns or they're not the most prominent guy in the offense. I think he's a nice addition to a team, but I don't think he's the end all be all of the offense. Um, you know, he was out for that one year with the torn ACL. He has recovered nicely, but it's, he's not a bad addition, um, but I also don't think he's this AA++ addition. I think he's like a B pickup. Joe, I think we've talked about Hunter Henry before in the suite, but would you like to proclaim your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, everyone's making some some good points on it. I think I agree with Kevin that, you know, there's a little bit of a drop-off from, you know, receiving tight ends besides, you know, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, you know, those are the top three for sure. And then I think, you know, the other guys are kind of, there's obviously a lot of good tight ends, but, you know, it's a little bit tougher to 
predict. So I think Henry, I think he's a good pickup. You know, I think he's probably a top 10 tight end in the league. So, you know, a team that is in need of one, you know, I know, I know my team, the Pats are, everyone's on Patriots Twitter is talking about Hunter Henry going to the team. You know, he had those years of Gronk where it's pretty unstoppable. Um, so, you know, they're in need of a tight end and I'm sure a lot of teams are. So it's, I, mean, I think you know, the market for him will be big just because, you know, there's not a ton of tight ends that, you know, are, are great receivers. So should be interesting. All right. Russell Wilson. This could also be a yes or no, but if the answer is yes, tell me where. You don't really need to explain. We all know how good he is. Russell Wilson, Kevin Slattery, is he going somewhere else or is he staying on the Seahawks? I personally don't think he's going anywhere else, and I don't think there should be a divorce, quite frankly. Well said. That was that was adorable. Justin. Keep letting Russ cook his meals. <laughs> I, I Let don't... Russ cook, Whitey. Let Russ cook in Seattle. Okay, sorry, that, I just had to stutter. I'm not quite sure what that meant, but then I realized that was a weird phrase like what I have all the time, so I get it. Uh, Marshall? I mean, they let Russ cook, and he runs into his right guard, uh, the back of his right guard, like seven times a year. So Russ is not like, people act like, oh, Russ is this saint. Yo, Russ sometimes just completely loses his mind on the field. He has, like, both sides of, like, of like a chaotic play style. Sometimes he makes these unreal plays um, that we all see, and I think sometimes – like his receivers can kind of just be like, yo, what are you looking at? Um, and he's such a weird player that way. Um, it, it, too hard to try to describe right now. He's still a top six quarterback in the league, but I, like, he, I think he's the best quarterback if you have a bad team. Like if you took every quarterback in the league and you just put them on bad teams, Russ with his skills, I think would be the best. Um, but I don't think he can elevate to as high of a ceiling as some people think. Um, because when he gets into like high volume passing, there is something there to where like, I think he's more just made for an offense around the run stuff, which Seattle got so much crap for, but like, there is some truth to it. Um, but he's going to remain in Seattle. Now running into O-Lyman like Mark Sanchez. Uh, Kev, your hands raised a little bit. You could say something quick before Joe. Yeah, no, I just hate this story because we're acting like with, Russ potentially, again, fanning the flames, the flames of speculation on Dan Patrick. He was saying, like, oh, I don't know. Like, I may be available. You have to ask the Seahawks. It's feeding this narrative that Seattle hasn't done anything for him, and that's completely untrue. This last decade, they've won the second most games only to the New England Patriots. Pete Carroll won two championships in college at USC. They have guys who are studs right there now, Jamal Adams, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, they have guys who are players. And while it's not a perfect football team, I understand that. The perfect team would have won the Super Bowl. But Seattle hasn't been this bum franchise. So wherever he would go, it would probably be a drop-off from Seattle. So that's I just think it's kind of like an absurd thing because it's like, like you want to be on the perfect team? Where, where are you going to go? Tampa? Kansas City? There's no other better football fit. I mean, maybe New Orleans, but even then, it's it's comparable. That was a great point, Kev. I that was a great point. Just, uh, what are you doing, Joe? Yeah, this this report kind of annoyed me just because, you know, I like Kev said, I don't really see that many better situations. You know, I think I think he complained that um, you know, he gets hit too much, so you know they can address the offensive line 
situation, but you know, they just drafted DK Metcalf two years ago. I think he's going to be a stud. They already have a great connection. So you're just going to leave, leave that before it really gets cooking. And then, you know, good run game, you know, they just got Jamal Adams last year. Um, you know, they, they got players and um, they're always kind of in the, in the mix. So I think, you know, if he's doing this to kind of, you know, bring attention to the, the offensive line issue, um, I get that. But, you know, if he's really looking to go to Chicago, like, or like, one of the, like, I just don't think that's smart for him. Yeah, know? Chicago's a little bit better than the seat. No, I'm playing around. Uh, yeah, Marsh, do you remember, uh, remember when we were thinking DK Metcalf was going number six or seven? And then we like, was it? Was it because of his, his cone drill or was it because of something else? And, and look at where we were. We were correct, weren't we? We were, actually. That that was one of the weirder things. Um, yeah, that that was really weird. But, yeah, Metcalf's a star, I think. I think the NFL got it wrong on that one. Kind of overthought that. They did. They did a little bit of an overthought. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a – wow. See, these always – these require some more conversation – but we'll try to make them super quick. I want to. I want to hit a lot of these. These are good. Um, Alex Smith released. Is that a good thing? Bad thing? Is uh, what's his name? Heineke? Is he? Is he the answer? Uh, we will. We'll swing. Hey Kev, how, how about you? How about you go for this one as he's in? Uh, as they're in your division. So. Well, I mean, I think it's good for him because according to him, the Washington football team didn't want him back. He actually said they discouraged him from trying to make a comeback. So. Oof. I don't know. That's that 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 didn't warm my heart. Um, I, I mean, overall, unfortunately, I think he's probably a backup at this point in his career. If he can go though to a winning situation, I would I would like it. I mean, I'd love for him to be a starter, but I, I don't think there's too many openings in the league. Marsh, is he starting somewhere or no? No, I, th- I think it's done for him. Great story, but yeah, he he can't play. Washington had. Zero quarterbacks on their roster. Actually, we'll call it 0.5 quarterbacks. Heineke deserves some credit. Um, they had 0.5 quarterbacks on the roster before they released Smith, and they have the exact same number now. So it, it changes exactly nothing. Justin, do you agree? I, I know you also – you really love the story, as we all did, but I figured I'd give you the floor. I think Alex Smith is at least three-fourths of a quarterback. So I will say they had 1.25 quarterbacks, but um, yeah, Alex Smith will probably serve as a backup mentor role. I'll put him in Jacksonville just to mentor um, Trevor Lawrence, probably if he ends up there. Um, I don't think Henneke is the answer. I think Washington will probably be looking for a veteran quarterback to fill that role this season. Gotcha. Well said, Joe. Yeah. Alex Smith is just an incredible, like, story I just the fact that he's even still playing after you know I don't know if you guys watched that East 60 on him a couple years back but that was just just insane like that he still is playing so um good for him just kind of going until they kick him out so I think uh, he'll probably take any role that's given to him I think at this point um whether if it's a backup I'm sure he he'd be fine with that so definitely definitely he should um Okay, we, we, we touched on this guy a little bit, so uh, no explanations, but where's Juju going? Just tell me where you think he's going. I don't, I don't care where you think he should go. Where do you think he's going? Uh, Kevin, would you like to go first? Staying with Buffalo, man. Staying with Buffalo. All right, fair point. Probably won't happen, but staying with Buffalo. Uh, Justin? 
Going back to the Steelers so Chase doesn't cry. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't hurt me that much when Chase cries. He is he is an egomaniac, but he's all right at football. Marshall. I have no idea where he's going to go. I just think his market's going to be a lot lower than people think. Um, I agree. If he was in the draft this year, like you know a player is going to be Juju, where would you take that player? Like the what he is now or when he was – you just yeah, you just know like okay, like in four years he's gonna look like this. Where would you take him? Probably third. Right. Yeah. yeah. Early, as a, as an Eagles fan, I would take him probably in the early second. <laughs> as an That's Eagles, fair. That's fair. As an Eagles fan. <laughs> probably probably early third, late second. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Um yeah, I just think he like if he if he comes into my, my office, um yeah. Um, the Marshall home office and Juju wants uh, $60 million. I'm telling him like, dude, no, there's no chance. You don't, you don't, you're not explosive enough. Um, and you're, you're dancing over here too. So I got to worry about that, but I don't know. I'd probably, he's probably like an $11 million player in my eyes, but if he's asking for like 17, 18, there's no way I'm paying him that. That's fair. Joe place for him or no. Yeah, I, I agree with Marsh. I think I thought he was going to be way better than he than he is now after the, those first two years. But um, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers out in L.A. He's a Cali guy, you know, young quarterback looking to you know make some waves, and uh, he'll he'll be with the the TikTok community out there. You know, big big presence for him and his social media following. So I think it, it might make sense. Why, why Why? does he care about that more than football? I, I just don't understand. It seems like he Wait, does. you're shaking your head, but you TikTok. Well, I don't TikTok like Juju, okay? And by the way... You, you, you bought a whole thing of Hershey Kisses, and you're like, watch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Hershey Kiss art and put it on TikTok. Hey, hey, here's the thing. First of all, that was a year ago. There was... <laughs> second of all, if I'm making millions of dollars playing football for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not dancing around like a 15-year-old girl, Okay. I'm, I am playing football, making millions. Everybody loves me. At least if you're on TikTok, play the piano, do some magic. Why are you doing 15-year-old dances with, that girls do? I don't but, dance but he's a like kid that. At he rides his bike places. He's Wait, wait when I, I think you made that, um, that TikTok, I ate your Hershey Kisses. <laughs> all right, all right. We, we digress. This was a long time ago, people. Um, and Kevin, by the way, I think it's awesome that he rides his bike and stuff like that. All that, kid at heart, super cool. But the uh, dancing okay. while his football career goes downhill, not sure if I agree with that one, you know? Okay. Okay. That's fair. All right. No, no. I'm, all right. That was good. That was good. Good talk. Um, I understand. <laughs> um, okay, quickly. Golden Tee, gone. Where should he go or does nobody care about him? Justin. Hey, Tate, I know we only had you half a season, but if you want to come to Philly, that's probably the most likely scenario. So I'll say Philly and then Detroit. Justin, are you just taking every free agent to the Eagles or, or what? Um, you know, I, I just don't know what Sir, Sirianni's going to do. So I'm going to assume he's going for everyone that moves and breathes. <laughs> All righty, Marshall. I, whenever I think of Golden Tate now, I'm just going to think of, um, I saw this clip from PFF. This is probably like a year, year and a half ago. And they were debating the value of, like, who's going to help you win more games, Golden Tate or Miles Garrett? <laughs> and so, like, they were getting just added and slammed uh, so badly. Like, you know, this, this guy just got cut, and Miles Garrett's the most valuable edge in the league. Um, Especially when he, like, he's hits He's still people. okay. He's still, like, okay. 
I don't know, but he's not a difference maker at all. All right. The, the Giants fan himself, where's he going? Uh, I feel like he can contribute a little bit, maybe on a team like the Cardinals or a team maybe that needs like a third receiver in line. I mean, he can still catch the ball in short yardage situations. He's not the yards after catch guy that he used to be, but I still think he can make an impact. Joe? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really care too much, honestly. He's, he's like, I think he's, his best football is behind him, so they'll probably just be looking for a one-year deal somewhere just to kind of keep the dream alive. But uh, Notre Dame guy, so I love him, you know. He was great in college for Indeed. my team. Heck but, yeah. Uh, yeah, his best ball is behind him. So Best ball is behind him. Put that up on a, on a plaque and, and sell it. Good line. Good line. Okay. Isaiah Wilson to the Dolphins. Uh, I, I honestly, I just want to ask Marshall this question, unless somebody else has like a big opinion on it. But so he, he's moved to the Dolphins after he was just drafted in the first round to the Titans. You know, he had a lot of off, off-field issues, so to speak. But there's been a bunch of reports saying that if he figures all that out, he's unreal. And I want to know if you agree or if you think he's never going to fix himself or what are your thoughts are him moving to the Dolphins already? Uh, so I had like a late two on him coming out. There was a big gap between the fourth and fifth best tackle last year. Um, so I had him like as my like 60 something overall player. He's good. He's big. Um, he's pretty athletic for how massive he is. He's clearly got something off the field, uh, multiple DUIs. Um, I read something that he got in on like a, a field goal block and got pancaked or something. He played like a few snaps the whole season. Um, so He's got more talent. Some people, I think, were really low on him coming out. I, I thought he had some more talent. Um, but, if like, you got to show up. He might be the worst character guy since Shakai Polite. And it's – yeah, he's um, – when, when you get traded for a, a, a swap of seventh-round picks, that, that means you were cut. Yeah. yeah. So there must be something really off with him, like, off the field. Yeah, I mean, you, you you mentioned honestly with your 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 DUI points, those are enough for me to be like this guy's this guy's just not right, you know. All right, this is it. We are going to end with the NBA. Just two quick questions. Uh, one we kind of do this frequently, and the other one is just because of recent news. So the Brooklyn Nets have decided that that they want to have the most. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the best adjective for this. The the most social media worthy team that's ever existed in any sporting team ever. That's my opinion. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts of Blake Griffin being added to this team now? Where it's going to be Jordan, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, as well as James Harden. Does he move the needle at all? And we will go to let's go Kev first, big NBA guy. Well, stars move the needle in the league. And while I don't think he's a star that he was, say, like circa 2015, when I think he was a legitimate top 10 player in the league, arguably, I still think he can be a productive bench guy on a championship team. And I think he helps solidify the bench. Is he moving the needle? No. Uh, But, I mean, there's so many guys who are going to score a ton of points on that team because – you have all three of those stars, KD, Kyrie, Harden, that just draw so much attention that 
you'll just get up for the easiest shots of your career. Especially for a guy who hasn't dunked in a while. Actually he dunked recently, but I think that was the first time in multiple years. Uh, it was pretty sad from the guy who used to be one of the most fun dunkers to watch. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think Griffin adds something to the Nets, but do I think it moves the needle at all? No. Um, I'll add in breaking news that LaMarcus Aldridge is expected to be traded. Not sure to where yet, but it seems that the Spurs are actively shopping him and he's expected to go definitely before the trade deadline. Um, maybe they'll add him too and continue their well-named streak. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it moves where I see the Nets personally. Okay. Marshall? I watched a lot of Griffin in like 20... 20- I think 2019 when he was on the Pistons. And I like the inside out game of that he was developing. I haven't watched him enough the past two years to say where he is exactly. Um, but for, I, I like what I saw on the Pistons at least a couple of years ago. So um, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to defer to, uh, to the other guys here and say that it probably doesn't move the teal, needle a ton, but this is definitely now like an elite 2k team. All right. Sounds good. Joe. Definitely an elite 2K team for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's mainly like the NBA, it's like you need those stars. So it's mainly those three guys, you know, Harden, KD, Irving. Like they're the ones who are going to ultimately decide if this team can win a title or not. But it always helps to, you know, get your bench uh, deeper and, you know, in case someone gets hurt, it's a good insurance policy, I guess, uh, for them. So. Yeah, definitely. That, that that was a good 2K comment from Marshall and Joe. We talked about that a little bit last week. We're building our 2K teams. So much fun. The video game is really a reality. Okay, last thing. No explanation needed. NBA championship. Who are the two teams involved? We've been kind of asking this basically every other week up until this point. Uh, as we get later into the season, we'll probably try to lock in some picks. But NBA championship teams. Da-da-da-da-da. Kevin, would you like to go first? Actually, for, for fun, I'm going to go first. And I'm going to stick with the Lakers and the Bucks are going to finally make it. Maybe if I just keep saying that like in Zaga, maybe that'll happen. Um, and if you want a hot take, like a super hot take, the yes. Warriors are going to get somebody like Oladipo or somebody even better, and they will be in the finals. Mm. I will ride that hot take until it doesn't happen. Justin. Actually, wait, I was going to Kevin first. That's on me. Kevin, go first. <laughs> I mean, I'll go with what I had at the beginning of the year. I thought Lakers, Nets, Finals, I'm still going to keep it. I got to favor the Lakers right now because at full strength, I do feel like they're the best team in basketball. Okay. Justin Ellis. I'm going to continue to cringe at myself. And as much as it hurts my heart, I'm going to say the Sixers win. It hurts my heart because I I hate rooting for my team to win things because it just doesn't happen. Um, But, yeah, I'll take Sixers over Lakers. Sixers over Lakers, not a bad pick. Marshall. Oh, you you are muted from from before. Hey, you're good. Perfect. All right, so I'm going to go Sixers over Clippers. Um, I think if the Clippers have any sort of spine, they're going to try to bounce back this playoffs. And if they don't, they they need to get all the all the criticism and and heat that they're going to get. Um, but I think the Sixers are actually going to win. I just kind of feel like it's that it's a. Uh, their year and like and like your uh, NCAA tournament picks. I'm just gonna keep picking the same thing. <laughs> hey, you know, you're you're less likely to get it wrong if you just keep saying the same things. If they're remotely good teams, than just try to pick a different one every every time. You know, um, except for March Madness, I'll just never be right. Uh, Joe, 
Yeah, I'm here for the uh, – I'm not a fan of them, but I'm here for the Nets over the Lakers. I think that would be – I would definitely watch. Super interesting matchup. And uh, I think when you have that much talent, the Nets have, I think I think they'll figure it out. They might not get the one seed, but they, the East is kind of a joke. So uh, I think they'll, they'll cruise through the East. You know, part of me thinks that the NBA is rigged a little bit, and they were trying to get – a finals that reminded people of their childhood or something, you know, just all the, just a, a five on five with just fun guys playing in their backyard. Uh, I'd believe that a little bit more if a guy like Kawhi Leonard somehow landed on the Lakers, but that's not going to happen, obviously. Okay, folks, that will do it for us in studio. My name is Andrew White. I've been alongside Justin Ellis, Andrew Marshall, Kevin Slattery, and Joe Bertolami, a whole crew Loving it on Zoom. It's been a great day to be alive. This has been QU Hot Takes every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Catch it on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. That'll be coming out in a couple of days. So I'm going to sign off myself here first, saying sweet dreams, and it's a great day to be alive. Go dogs. Oh, goes to me now? Oh, okay, okay. Well, all right. Hey, everyone, have a good night, and uh, go Knicks, second half of the season. Let's go, baby. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was great. Great catching up with you guys. And uh, definitely, you know, looking to coming on in the future for sure. This is great. Heck yeah. Yeah, so uh, whenever – so, yeah, for Simply Sports, we just actually got our um, 200th subscriber. And uh, we're doing pretty good for this overall cycle. So whenever you're getting called an idiot for uh, a video – about a guard that you made uh, with people on the internet asking you why were you so stupid? How could you make this? Um, it makes me feel pretty good because it means that it's it's moving up a little bit in the world. So for whoever watches, thank you guys. Um, Simply Sports on YouTube, Red Logo. But yes, go Bills. Thank you guys. Heck yeah. Uh, AJWhite0123 at gmail.com subscribes to Marshall. And yes, that's when, when you have haters, that's when you know it's good content, son. Well done. Screw the NBA All-Star Game. Give me back my Sixers players, you losers. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, you guys can stay on Zoom. I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right, uh, sweet treats.